Wonderful. Well, a really good morning to you. It is lovely to be together. Uh, my name's Nathan. I'm part of the leadership team, and uh, it's just great to be together. I love where you see in the Bible moments where small numbers are gathered, how God meets. And I'm fully expectant that we're not just here out of ceremony, we're here out of respect, but we're also here to encounter God. And I want to encourage us to come with an expectation to meet with God this morning. We're having a shorter uh, meeting. Many of our folk are down at the Cairn um, with the rest of the town, remembering and showing our respect. But actually, um, we're here able to do that as well. And at 11 o'clock, we'll have two minutes silence, uh, and Anthony will lead us into that. But we're going to start by just worshipping God and fixing our eyes on him. So can I encourage us to stand to our feet? I'm going to pray, and then Jason's going to lead us in worship. Father God, we love you, and we worship you. We thank you for today. We thank you uh, just for the freedom that we have. We thank you for those who have gone before us and, and given us the freedom in this land to come and worship you, to come and gather together. And we thank you for your son, Jesus, and the freedom that he has won for us. We bless you and we praise you and we want to lift your name up high, Lord God, this morning. Come and lift our eyes to you. Come and encounter us. Come and meet with us. Pour out your Holy Spirit, we pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks, Nate. Forgive me this morning. I have got a cold, so uh, if I have to cough in the middle of a song, I'm sorry. Uh, I, was, I was reading through some of the Psalms and uh, some of them kind of struck me this week because we've kind of had a bit of a bad couple of weeks and uh, in uh, Psalm 42 it starts, starts like this I say to, to God my rock why have you forgotten me why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy my bones suffer mortal agony and my foes taunt me saying to me all day long where is your God and then how about this why my soul are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So this morning, depending on what week you've had, if it's been a tough week or a tough couple of weeks, let's in faith put our hope in God and praise him this morning, because he is worthy of all our praise. You 
are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, come every way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Majesty, God of heaven, living in me, gentle Savior, closest friend, strong deliverer, beginning and end. All within me falls at your throne. Your majesty, I can but bow, I lay my own before you now. In royal robes, I 
As we remember those who have sacrificed themselves so we can have freedom today, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. Let's fix our eyes this morning on Jesus and what he's done for us and the freedom that he's given us. Man of sorrows, Lamb of God. By his own betrayed the sin of man and wrath of God has been on Jesus' name. Silent as he stood accused, beats in my Bowing to the Father's will, he took a crown of thorns. Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out. Hallelujah, praise and honor unto me. of heaven, God's own Son, to put 
riches and redeem and reconcile the very ones who nailed him to that tree. Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise and honor unto Now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me, whom the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. Now my daddy is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me, whom the Son sets free, always oh, free indeed. Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise and honor to me. See, the stone is rolled away, behold the empty tomb. And we just, where we are, just lift our voices up together. Let's give God the, the praise and the glory that he deserves. Let's thank Jesus for all that he's won for us. Let's lift our voices. Oh, Lord, we worship you.
come to the fountain, dip your heart in the streams of life, let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of his mercy. As deep cries out to deep, we sing, come Lord Jesus, come, come Lord Jesus, come, come. to the fountain dip your heart in the streams of life let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of his mercy as deep cries out to deep we sing Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit. Sing out your praise to Him. Sing out your praise to Him. Sing 
Just before Anthony comes up, why don't we just make that our prayer? Why don't you just invite the Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come and bring fresh grace for today. Come and bring bright hope for tomorrow. Say, come, Holy Spirit. Come and meet with us in this moment here today. As brothers and sisters in Christ, come come and meet with us. Come and shape us. Come and lift our eyes, we pray. In Jesus' name. here this morning to do something that's been done in many parts of the world for well over a hundred years and yet I don't believe it loses its its power and uh, I just went on to the BBC website early this morning and you can see on there two interviews one with a a lady who was um, working um, deep underground under the cliffs under the chalk hills outside of Portsmouth on D-Day and uh, She described, as the reports came back from the beaches, she had to process them. And she said, I've never forgotten the screams of the men as they went up those beaches and were mown down. And then there was another lady, they were both in their late 90s, another lady who um, was a child in Berlin um, in the 1930s and describes a, a, a happy family being broken up by war and not being able to go to school and of hiding and of being transported off to a camp and yet she survived. Very real when you hear people who were there um, nearly 80 years ago now. So we're going to remember this morning and um, I've got some slides which will help us. Why, why do we remember? We remember to thank God for all those who gave their lives for justice, the hope of peace, and the freedom we enjoy. And not forget many service personnel and their families who still bear the scars and injuries of war. When you go home, tell them of us and say, For your tomorrow, we gave our today. 
Why do we remember? To try and learn the lessons of history. We're here to remember and to pray for peace. We're here to forgive, maybe. We're here to remember those who are suffering because of war today in a number of countries. You may know countries, there may be countries that are on your heart where there's war, but we think mainly of Ukraine. Pray for those who are having to fight and their families in both Ukraine and Russia. Don't forget the Russian families who are suffering. They're all God's creation. And the Russian soldiers who don't want to be in Ukraine, they want to be at home. War is so cruel. The world is sometimes so evil. But we have a God who is, who is good and we can come to this morning. And then Psalm 46. This is our God. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's the good news. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And uh, in a minute, it's going to be an opportunity. We're going to have two minutes of quiet and um, an opportunity to think, to remember, to ponder, and to pray, to be still and know that God is God and he's over all things. And I'm going to just move, during the two minutes, I will move these slides forward so that um, you, can, you can focus on them if you want to. You don't have to. You can close your eyes if you prefer that way of remembering. But if you want to focus on something and you want something to pray for in your heart, which is good, you can do that this morning. So let's just, uh, let's just come to Almighty God, our Father, this morning. Father God, we, we come to you and we are sad because of war. We're sad for all those who have suffered in war, have suffered whether they fought or whether they saw their loved ones go off and never saw them return. Father God, we, 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 we think of the war now in Ukraine and we, we do ask you that, that war may come to an end. It's very complicated and we don't know, Father, but you're God and we pray that you will bring that war to a speedy conclusion. We pray that you will protect life. We pray that you will meet with soldiers on the battlefield as they pray to you or to some God because they're desperate. Father, meet with people, we pray, and comfort the civilians who are struggling. Their homes are bombed and they don't have water and electricity. Father God, provide for them and help us to be generous in our giving for them. Father, we commend to you our sad world and those who grieve and ask for your blessing, your peace to come, your presence to touch many people this morning in these next two minutes as people gather around and war memorials all over the country in churches. Father God, 
just reveal yourself to hearts, we do pray, that people may be still and know that there is a God who loves them. We thank you, Father. We can commit this time to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Right, I think we're there. Um, if you would like to stand, for the, if you're able, for the uh, two-minute silence. Thank you. Please, uh, please, if you'd like to sit down again. Father, we just uh, continue in our prayers. We think of those, we thank you for those who gave, our, gave their lives and we thank you for the freedom that we've enjoyed in this country for so many years. Father, help us not to take that freedom for granted, but help us to remember it costs people their blood, their lives. And uh, we pray for those who have um, physical, still are suffering physical injuries, mental and emotional scars from World War II, Korea, the Falklands, Northern Ireland, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Whatever the rights and wrongs of, of war, Father God, people were caught up in something that they would perhaps rather not have been caught up in, and people today bear those scars. We pray that we, you will comfort them and you will be with them. And if they don't know you, Father, you will help them to find you, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
incredibly sad, isn't it, that we actually have to have a Remembrance Day service, that there is such a thing as Remembrance Day. And war is so terrible. And just going to flip through just a few slides. That's the Menin Gate. Uh, we at Ypres, uh, nearly said wipers, where 54,896 names are put up of people, British and South African troops, who had no known grave. Pete fell in northern France, 72,337 um, British, sorry, this, this is British and South African troops at Featville, um, had no known graves during the Battle of the Somme. Lamel, if that's how you pronounce it, in Belgium, the graves of 39,000 German soldiers, mainly killed in World War II. And then a rather pretty cemetery, but how sad, rows and rows and roses crosses after that terrible battle of Verdun. Just ponder a moment. And sadly, in spite of all that has been done, all the lives that have been laid down, all the blood that has been shed, we still live today in the fear, with the fear of war. There's um, a few men in the world have the capacity to wipe out the population several times over. And of course, People sometimes say, well, why doesn't God do something about it? Where is God in the time of war? Well, I suggest to you that if I believe personally, if God wasn't there, there would have been a lot more wars. The world would have been a lot worse because world is, the world is so evil. But um, they, used to, they used to interview an old uh, Second World War veteran and he's died now, and he was at Dunkirk. And he was a Christian, and he shared his faith and said how it kept him going through the Second World War. And he said um, there weren't any atheists on the beaches of Dunkirk. He said, I saw many, many, many men praying to God. Interesting, isn't it, that right in here we think we know there must be something, somebody, somewhere who's greater than us, somebody we can come to when we have our problems. And I just want to read a, a passage from 1 Colossians and verse 15. If you've got Bibles or, um, or use your phone, these are powerful words that, um, that we want to read this morning. One, uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, that is Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he, 
that is, Jesus might have the supremacy. For through him to reconcile and through, and for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. I want to suggest to you this morning that God has done something to stop war. God has gone to the root of the problem of human beings. And the root of the problem of this world is one word. It's not a very popular word, but it's S-I-N. It's sin, and it's, it's, sadly, it's always been there. From the time of the Garden of Eden onwards, sin has spoiled all that God has made. Sin has spoilt human lives. And what is sin? Sin is just simply, well, I want to do it my way. I want what is not mine. That's how wars break out. And maybe you find that in your heart, that... Uh, we have that attitude sometimes. We're all sinners. But the great news is that in Romans chapter 5 and verse 9, it says, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him. Amazing thing, isn't it? It says, you know, it's often quoted on Remembrance Days, what greater love has a man than to lay down his life for his friends? But it says, when we were still God's enemies, God reconciled us to him. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died. Amazing thing that God was, you might say God doesn't take risks because he's God, but you might say God was prepared to take that risk, if you like, to send his son for a bunch of reprobate people like you and me, and you might think you're pretty respectable, but we've all got sin in our hearts. He took that risk that we would respond to the gospel and he would have a glorious church, a bride for his son. Wasn't God gracious? How did God do it? Well, just take one last look at all those thousands of crosses. You know, there must be thousands of crosses, uh, millions of crosses on battlefields around the world. God did it by one cross, just one cross. But I tell you, it was a man that was on the cross that made all the difference. Now, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not belittling the, the, the sacrifice that people have made in war. I honor that, and that's wonderful. But it has not brought us lasting peace. It never can do. But the cross of Jesus Christ this morning brings peace. You know, there's, there's some, sometimes when you drive around well, France especially, and other European countries, you have these roadside shrines and they have a cross, but very often they have a, a dead Jesus on the cross. Well, there's no dead Jesus on the cross this morning. He's not on the cross. He's, he's risen from the dead. And there's no bones underneath that cross either. There's nothing there because Jesus is alive. And um, that, uh, that obviously, of course, is not the cross of Jesus. There was nobody knows what's happened to the cross of Jesus. In one way, it was a material thing, but um, it's still important. And um, we need to come 
to the cross. We come to the cross this morning. We've sung a song about coming to the cross. <clears throat> Jesus, Jesus went voluntarily to the cross. He didn't have to go. He didn't, um, he could have gone back to heaven. He didn't have to come in the first place. He went to the cross because he loved you and me so much. And I don't know you all this morning. I don't know anything about you, lots of you, but God, God loves you. Jesus went to the cross just for you. Think of that. And um, what a death. I mean, you know, we talk about the, the, the Edwardians thought they were civilized, didn't they? They thought they'd reached it. Great learning, um, Elgar's song, Land of Hope and Glory, written in 1901, and the boys who would have sung it would have been drowning in the mud of the Somme less than 20 years later. How sad. There's no hope and glory in this world. The only hope and glory is what we have by coming to Jesus. And what about barbaric way to die? Um, what does that say about human nature? What does that say about what we're like as men and women? That somebody devised crucifixion as a way of putting another human being to death. But, often says in scripture, but God. But God had better ideas. God had bigger ideas. God was in control and he allowed his son to... to come and to have that horrific and sad painful death on the cross where he suffered and took away our sins now perhaps you think well I'm not too bad I should get to heaven led a fairly good life um, yeah okay I've made a few mistakes broke the speed limit once or twice and uh, get cross with my children and shouted at my wife last week but um, generally I'm a quite a good person don't see why God would would not let me into heaven A.W. Tozer a famous preacher and theologian said that um, the man or woman who thinks they deserve heaven will never get there the man or woman who thinks that they don't deserve heaven and deserve hell will go to heaven it's a wonderful thing that God reaches out to us in spite of our sin, in spite of our shortcomings. So how does the cross bring peace? I mean, a wooden cross stood on a hill. How does it, how does it bring peace? Well, we read it in 1 Colossians and verse 20. It says that he's going to reconcile all things to himself by making peace through his blood shed on the cross now i love that word shed it's very old-fashioned but you know there isn't another word that replaces that this morning i know we sung that the his blood was spilt and actually i don't think it was spilt because <laughs> when you spill something it's accidental his blood was shed he let it he let it be poured out he let it be poured out to to cleanse us from our sins so that brings peace. And millions of people have found that peace by coming to the cross of Christ. 
And, actually, and that has been a personal peace, that whether you go through difficult times, whether you go through war, whatever you go through, the peace of God can always be there. Millions of Christians through the centuries have been kept by knowing the peace that comes from believing in the cross. But I think it also, the cross has had an effect on history. We know that, that through the generations, um, Christianity, I know you can say that Christianity has been, or religion has been responsible for wars, which is very sad. But um, I think, but we also, as we study history, we can see how events were changed through God using people, raising up people to avert bloodshed and avert wars so it says the cross is 1 Corinthians 18 the cross 118 the cross is foolish to the perishing but the power of God to those being saved you've been saved this morning have you been saved is the cross the power of God to you this morning I'll just, uh, I'd just like to ask you, if you'd like to, in, in a minute, you may like to stand, because I'm just coming to the end. And, you know, I find more and more when I start a day, of course, we, we, we try and pray, don't we? we? We say a long prayer, a short prayer, depending on how long we've got. But I've just felt so much power and protection in coming to the cross each morning and saying, Lord, here I am. I come to your cross because the cross puts everything into perspective. It shows us God's love against a hateful world. It shows us sacrifice and humility. And that's what we need in our lives. So if, if you want to come to the cross this morning again, maybe you want to come to the cross for the first time and accept Jesus as your savior and have your sins forgiven. But maybe you'd like to just to come to the cross and just to spend a few minutes at the cross and ask God to speak to us and to minister to us. If you're able, would you like to stand if you'd like to come to the cross? But if you don't want to, you can stay sitting down. That's no problem. Paul the apostle said a number of things about the cross. He said, the cross is foolish to the perishing, but the power of God to those being saved. He said, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And the cross is a place of victory. Colossians 2.15 it says that Jesus disarmed power, authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I would exhort you to just come to the cross in perhaps just a half a minute of, of silence and just speak to God and whatever's on your heart, come to that wonderful place where Jesus died and set us free. That gives us hope 
for another world because he's risen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just let us go from here with our hearts moved and touched by your amazing love, we do pray in your name. Amen. Thank you, Anthony. Just before we finish, and have, uh, we're going to have refreshments out on the cafe area, and uh, those at the can have been invited to come and join us as well, so um, we'll stick around and enjoy catching up with people. Um, just to let you know of a couple of things uh, you would have seen on your seats, uh, envelopes for the gift week. Uh, just to, uh, We didn't do the best uh, of explaining it last week, and so we just wanted to just bring it out there. More not to put any pressure on, but more just to let you know it's still open. If you would like to give into this, no pressure, um, but we'd love to make that opportunity still available. So we're going to be giving uh, 10% of our gift week to commission the family of churches that we're on mission with together. We're going to be giving 45% of it to be clearing our mortgage of this building, which is going down and down and down, which is brilliant. Hallelujah. And we're going to be giving 45% to something really important at this time, which is for those who are particularly struggling uh, at this time financially. And it's going to be going into a care fund, which will uh, hopefully be helping those who most need it at this time. Um, so please do pray about it uh, in your families uh, as individuals and think about whether you can give and what you might like to give. Um, so those envelopes are there. Please take them with you. Um, the final thing is tonight we have an encounter meeting uh, where we're going to be gathering together and just spending time worshipping and encountering God more together. We're going to be enjoying uh, yeah, more fellowship together with those who haven't been here uh, at the Mortons this morning uh, and um, we'll be taking communion together as well. So please feel free to come and invite those in your life groups or those that you spend time with as well. So we'll look forward to seeing you later, if not next week. Have a good rest of the day.